Bunker Banter! We are coming at you from uh, the well on our one year anniversary of Bunker Banter. I am your host, Timmy Rendezvous, joined as always by my pal, the Chief, Dennis Dungy. Denny, how are we doing today? What a great intro, Timmy. It's you know, very fitting that on this Valentine's Day, we celebrate an anniversary together. Yeah, as Lo said, our bromance. <laughs> yeah, our bromance, one year in the making. Uh, Lo reported to us last week, I think, that we reached two more countries. Uh, I think we Global. hit 1,500 downloads. So, yeah, well, you know, things are going well for the show one year in. I know you're always excited to do it, just as I am, uh, you know. Maybe a little down in the dumps after the weekend, but overall, the weekend was pretty good. Uh, Bennett's team brought home the championship, undefeated season. That was pretty exciting. Fought through adversity, too. Yeah, fought through some adversity. They were down at halftime. I think, as I said to you, I think that was the first time they'd been down at halftime or in the second half all season. So, uh, you know, it was a pretty good game. They played a pretty good team. And, uh, you know, they got their little medals at the end of the game, and she was very excited about it. Yeah. And I know the whole team was. We had a little pizza party for them afterwards, so it was fun celebrating that. And then obviously went home for the Super Bowl and uh, didn't get yeah. the outcome we wanted, but very good football game, and we'll talk about that here shortly. But, uh, yeah, overall a pretty good weekend. Good weekend. I uh, also had a good weekend as well. Went up to the Cape, checked Ooh. out. Yes, I went to the Cape, Dennis. <laughs> Checked out a little uh, wedding venue. Uh, we don't need to get into any of that, but uh, I also had a good weekend despite Rutgers continuing to just have a rough week last week, to be honest. Two tough games, uh, but a rough week for them, and I am continuing my contributions to the Jersey Mike's betting as I lost to Ron Beck and owe him some Jersey Mike's. Yeah, are you starting to put money aside for a Jersey Mike's fund? I'm going to have to start to. Part of my paycheck's going to the Jersey Mike's fund. <laughs> uh, we'll get into all of our banter uh, in full throttle in just a little bit. As always, we will start with some of our section happenings. Uh, I will let Denny here kick it off with whatever he's got on uh, on the slate today. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight a couple of the upcoming educational workshops that we have continuing on. Uh, we had one today. Very low participation, which was disappointing, but uh, certainly appreciate David Wilson and Ian Crick. Um, Ian being from Strackaline. Yep, sorry, thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're looking to jump on as sponsors of the section. So, again, a little disappointing that the uh, participation was low, but we're moving forward. We got Golf Genius on March 2nd. And then, uh, as we've been touting on the last few shows, we got the specialization, PGA specialization. March 7th through the 9th. So that registration is up on the website. Uh, there is a fee for that. So we are collecting registrations there. So look for those. Uh, and then, you know, tournaments and junior junior golf signups are going to open up here shortly. March 1, I believe, for you on the junior side as well for us on the tournament side. So we'll be looking to uh, start collecting some money for the section. There you know? we go. Start, uh, start reeling in some, uh, some dollars. Um, uh, March 2nd, just to be clear, is at the church or uh, virtual? March 2nd will be, the next two will be at the church. Yeah, next so March the 2nd, the Golf yeah. Genius in person at the church. And then the specialization program will also yeah. be in person. Uh, two, a day and a half for golf operations and then a day and a half for teaching and coaching. So yeah. At the very least, just come and hang out with us. 
So hope to see a bunch of people there. Again, as Dennis said, we're looking forward to registration opening up here shortly. Uh, DCP registration is off and running here. We're up to 70 for our first event, which is crazy because that doesn't happen until June 23rd or something like that. Uh, so uh, I think everybody's ready to rock and roll here. It hasn't really felt like winter uh, with these. It's like 50 degrees out right now and sunny. I'm sure uh, some of our listeners are, you know, uh, dealing with customers today on, on a nice, uh, nice golf day here in February, which is crazy to say. Um, spring meeting, as always, is open. We've had a couple registrants there. April 25th at the Golf Club of Avon. We will also be doing our Hall of Fame induction during the spring meeting. So. Uh, come out in support of uh, those three, Al Fuchs, John Murphy, and of course, Don Mallon. Uh, so we hope to see everybody there to kick off the season. Um, you probably saw in the e-update the grant applications for the foundation. The financial assistant grant applications are now live, both for the traditional grants and the PGA Junior League scholarship grant. Uh, that information is right on the website under the foundation dropdown, also in your e-update. If you have any questions about how to submit those, give us a call here, email any of us, email Sally, uh, and we'll get you straightened out, and uh, hopefully we can support some of the programs that you have coming uh, coming up here. Yeah, the only other thing I have is, uh, you know, PGA Hope, we talk about it often on the show. Um, one of the things we're looking to do this year is expand our PGA Hope Play Days, which gives the graduates of the PGA Hope op, uh, program an opportunity to play uh, some golf throughout the season. So. Uh, I got a list of some facilities that I'm going to be reaching out to directly, but if you're interested in hosting, uh, you know, a small group of veterans throughout the summer, reach out to me would be greatly appreciated and, uh, you know, gives them an opportunity to continue their journey in the game of golf. Yeah, good stuff there, Denny. Last thing I'm going to add, uh, just a quick reminder to all of our coaches out there to register your PGA Junior League facilities. Uh, as I said, DCP player registration is already off and running. PGA Junior League uh, player registration is also open. Uh, so just make sure your facility is up there and searchable. So when parents go to see what's uh, in their area, they can find your facility and hopefully learn about what you got to offer and, and register and uh, continue to grow the game through uh, PGA Junior League, which is uh, obviously a pretty awesome thing. And then... Uh, as we kind of get into the season here, I know we've mentioned it a couple times before, but just keep us in the loop on any employment changes, new hires, uh, things like that, so we can uh, stay on top of the tracking. You know, we hear some of it through word of mouth and just by talking to everybody, but uh, don't be shy. Give us a call and uh, keep us informed on all things uh, employment in your neck of the woods. That's all I got for uh, section stuff, Denny. Banter away. Banter away. Let's start off with... We want to start with the Super Bowl. I think like... we pass over the Super Bowl because I think that's going to take up most of our talking time. So yeah, let's, so let's, let's, why don't we I'll, let you I'll recap moan and groan my, a little yeah. bit about Rutgers here a little yeah, bit? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. UConn's probably on that same track. Yeah, I'll start with I'll start with UConn today. I was actually at the Marquette game last Tuesday, yeah, as right. I mentioned, uh, over at the Excel Center. It was packed. I was surprised. We got I got there a little early with uh, my entourage there, and uh, we were hoping to. Uh, to hit up some uh, restaurants, grab a drink or something before the game, and everything was just absolutely mobbed. So we ended up heading inside the XL Center to do that. But good to see the crowd out there for a relatively early 6.30 game. Uh, and that was probably one of the better games that they've played here in the last month. They absolutely wiped the floor with a, a very good offensive Marquette team. Very good team in general, but uh, played uh, lockdown defense. 
their offense was just from from jump street just kind of went out and just really just whacked them i mean they were up 15 before you could even sit down uh and, and marquette really didn't even make any kind of push so it was a little less entertaining than i had uh, anticipated that game being but if you're a uconn fan you were very happy to see that and then they followed that up with another tough game on the road uh, at a hot creighton team uh, played it, played it, honestly a great game. Another really, really good game, a tough road test. Uh, I think they were, they were obviously underdogs. Uh, almost, almost tied it there at the end with that, that Hawkins three. That wasn't a three. He was clearly on the line there, but, uh, and as talking to JK, you know, it's, it's so tough to win on the road in college basketball, not only because of the environment and things like that, but I mean, the officiating is, to me, is so clearly skewed one side in these games. I mean, UConn shot, I think, four free throws the entire game to Creighton's, like, 20-something. I mean, it wasn't even close, and, you know, you see it through all these games. Obviously, I've seen it with with Rutgers and the Big Ten games and things like that, Uh, but you're seeing it all over the place. Um, They didn't really, UConn didn't really move anywhere in their rankings, and uh, they'll look to kind of bounce back this week. Just the one game against, I think they're hosting a Seton Hall at Gamble on Saturday. Tough Seton Hall team. They're very defensive-minded, very well-coached, so can't sleep on them. But uh, they'll look to kind of get back to their winning ways and, and continue to uh, solidify their season. I think right now they're about a five seed in a lot of people's bracketology. And then on my side of things, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Uh, two, two tough losses this week. Uh, the first two games after missing their starting small forward to a torn ACL. Kind of sorting through some of that a little bit. Uh, played, played tough against Indiana. Didn't really kind of go their way, but Indiana's probably the hottest Big Ten team. And then followed that up with playing 27 or almost 30 minutes of really, really good basketball on the road at Illinois uh, Saturday against uh, Ron Beck's Fighting Illini, as I mentioned previously. And then decided they didn't want to play basketball for another the final 10 minutes and literally didn't score for a 10-minute stretch. If you hear that little rumbling in the back, that's Tom just filling up his M&M jar. <laughs> um, got to keep it stocked. He's got to keep it stocked up there. Um, but Rutgers, uh, you know, kind of on a little bit of a slide. Staying around the sixth seed mark for the tournament, uh, but they have, I think, the easiest remaining Big Ten schedule. So they have six games to go and really should be probably favored in every single one of them. So they have an opportunity to kind of get back on track heading into the tournament. And that's kind of my wrap up there on uh, all things college basketball. And I think we can get into our Super Bowl chatter. And then, Denny, I will, I'll kick it over to you before I have my words to say. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, looking forward to this conversation. Uh, prior to the Super Bowl, though, you had golf going on, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, I didn't get to watch too much of that because I was uh, obviously at the basketball games with my daughter, but uh, Scotty Scheffler pulled out a win there. didn't look too dramatic. Um, ended up with a three-shot victory there. So it uh, sounds like weather conditions were pretty crazy. Uh, the wind blowing out there and the speed of the greens and stuff was, you know, watching some of the shots. Uh, a couple guys thought they hit spectacular shots, land on the green, roll off, you know, whatever it may yeah. be. So... Uh, I didn't get to watch too much of it, uh, but for those that did, it looked, you know, like another fun golf event. Yeah, no, I, the crowd I, didn't look as raucous though. Yeah, no, it didn't look as crazy as in years past. We got the phone ringing off the hook here. We got Bobo calling us. 
We got uh, some senior open participants calling us. It's a, it's a good time here in the office. Busy time. Busy I, I didn't time. know we were that busy this, this is, time of the year. I mean, everybody I thinks this. we just sit here and do nothing. That's it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I guess just during Bunker Banner, there, this is it's becoming a call-in show, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should answer. We should, we we should answer. Yeah, Bob, just tell, put them on the spot. Should, that would have been perfect. Uh, yeah, and the only other thing I have uh, on the women's basketball side, I mean, obviously UConn continues to dominate. Um well, Watch, they, well, they lost their two games they, in a row there. Yeah, but they're still in they're as a number in. one seed, Yeah, uh, which is a little shocking to me. But I don't know if you saw Maddie Segris from Villanova scored 50 points the other night. She's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty spectacular. I would think she's got to be the front runner for player of the year, although you and I have this okay, kind of conversation Mark. all the yeah. time. Um, you know, To me, the player of the year is if you take them away from their team, yeah. does the team still do as yeah. well as, as they do? And I think if you take her away from the Villanova team, they're – they're still a scrappy team, but they're not as good as no. they are with her. Yes. And then uh, South Carolina, I saw, actually drummed LSU in the Battle of the Unbeaten. So, yeah. uh, South you know, Carolina's the real deal. Yeah, they're the real deal. I think they're obviously the team to beat going into the, you know, as we enter into March here. So, yeah. And I don't know if you caught Gino's comments. Uh, we talked about a little bit about it, you know. When they played South Carolina and his girls were getting all beat up, and then Don Staley kind of came back and... Listen, Gino, you lost the game. Your team normally plays aggressive, too. Let's calm down there, guy. Yeah, That's what but I think. to your point, I think everybody's getting a little little frustrated with the officiating that's going on all in all. But according to Roger Goodell, it's the best. officiating in the NFL is the best. It's the best. And I heard an interesting conversation yesterday, and, and certainly I'm, I'm not going to go down the route of talking about the as Brian Kaiser says, the laundry that was thrown at the end of the game. Yes, that was a good comment. Uh, but I heard, um, I was listening to the radio on my ride home yesterday, and it was interesting, the conversation that was going on. They were kind of um, talking about the different, uh, what do you call them? Uh, the Not associations, but unions. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the MLB, Umpires Union, and NFL. And the NFL, obviously, only 18 weeks then you have the playoffs. You earn your way into being in the playoffs. But the NFL officials, there's only, I think they said, 16 that are full-time that are in charge of the crew. And then the rest of the guys are basically... Yeah, they have, like, regular jobs. Yeah, they have regular yeah. jobs. They're not really, you know, it's not their full-time gig, which is understandable. But I guess they were kind of talking about the, the um, scoring of each official, like MLB umpires... Are scored. We talked about it on one of our shows. How the young guy, yeah. the up and coming guy, got scored the perfect game. And there's not really that in the NFL world or even the NBA world. Well, the NBA where, has the the two minute report or whatever they call it, where they grade out the. They're like very transparent with yeah. the officials. Yeah. So the transparency in the NFL is, you know, it's Roger Goodell saying that the NFL yeah. officials are great and yeah. they made the right call. It's an air, and, that's an airtight you know, system there. Yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting. I, I sent you the text message, I think, or one of my text chains that, you know, it was interesting that Mike Pereira didn't come on in that last call to give his view, right? He did every other call in the game, but that, yep. that last flag at the game, Mike Pereira was really nowhere to be found. And, you know, he, he usually shoots from the hip and, and you He's know, usually pretty speaks good. Yeah. his mind. But, um, you know, I, I just thought that was interesting. But, uh, you know, obviously for Eagles fans, a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, I, I kind of agree with, I don't know if you saw Nick Sirianni's, um, interview, but he said referees are paid to throw flags and you know, it, it happens all game. Sometimes the flag's thrown, sometimes it's not, 
you know, I, I think the Eagles organization handled it well. Um, you know, Bradbury, who was a former Giant, that former he, giant pro- great. he probably learned how to hold <laughs> in the Giants defense. But, you know, unfortunately, those ways came over to the Eagles world. And uh, I mean, you say it cost them the game. You know, it was a shame that the game ended that way. But as I've said to you and I was talking to BK about it, you know, nobody's really talking about the fumble by Jalen Hurts. And don't get me wrong, Jalen Hurts played an unbelievable game. But the Eagles were marching the ball up and down the field at will in the first half. And for that fumble to happen, it happened about midfield. So you figure they're at least going to go down and get a field goal. But instead, it goes the other way for seven points. So in my mind, that's a 14-point swing there. And that really could have closed the door on the Chiefs early. Uh, you know, but the Chiefs, you know, they got to his ankle, not intentionally, but they did. And Mahomes, like you said, I don't know what the heck they gave him at halftime, but he came out there and played on one and a half legs, even on that last run that he did, you know, that kind of set him up. Yep. Uh, you know, just you got to give it to the Chiefs. They scored on every possession in the second half, kind of as the Eagles did on the first half, yeah. other than the fumble. Yeah, no, I think like you said, you said it best. I mean, the Eagles were steamrolling the Chiefs, in my opinion, in the first half. They didn't really have any answer for them. Uh, they weren't even really getting after Mahomes, but they just they were just doing enough on defense to kind of keep him in check. And then obviously offensively, they were just moving the ball at will. Fumble was a big game changer. Uh, obviously, you know, you almost had the other fumble that was a touchdown, which that's one of those NFL rules that was clearly a, an incomplete pass as far as the NFL rules go. But like that's one that I just I don't really understand that rule. <laughs> he caught it, he had two feet down. It's just crazy. But it's it obviously was clearly an incomplete per the rules. And like you said, the penalty was, you know, even even me as a, you know, staunch Eagle hater and was rooting for them to lose at all costs, it just, it kind of took the air out of the end of that game uh, where I think it was awesome. You saw the Chiefs, you know, obviously we're going to take the lead there with the field goal, uh, but you would have liked to have seen just from a dramatic perspective, you know, Hurts and the Eagles at least have that opportunity to come back down. Uh, and it was almost like an awkward celebration, in my opinion, because it just kind of, it was definitely, a, a, I think, by the book, it was a hold. I mean, you saw it in a lot of the slow-mos that they've, you know, stills that they've released where he clearly has got to grab, you know, he held the jersey. So it was, But it's one of those situations where it's like, mm, you kind of just keep it in your pocket on that one and, and let them play out in that situation, which, you know, maybe is not correct from a, an officiating standpoint. But from a fan standpoint, you would have liked to have kind of just seen him you know, you know, not throw it out, not throw the laundry, as BK said, and just let them kind of play out in that scenario. But overall, I thought it was a very, very good game. I'm glad the Chiefs obviously won, but made it a game in the second half because for a second there, I did not. I thought they were just going to roll over them in the second half. Um, but yeah, good conclusion to the uh, the NFL season there. Former Giants, Kadarius Tony uh, playing a part in that. My guy Pacheco from Rutgers playing a big part, and obviously Bradbury there. Uh, the Giants and Rutgers connection just getting in the mix there. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And, you know, for all, for all the Eagles fans or all the people that are Eagles fans, haters out there, and talk about how terrible they are to other opposing teams' fan base, I just want to let you know that I saw a video this morning at, at a casino, and I don't know if it was out in Phoenix or if it was in New Jersey or wherever it was, but there were Eagles fans fighting each other at the no, casino. So yeah. they don't even, they, they just they hate care. everybody. They hate everybody. <laughs> they booed Dak Prescott for winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Well, and I have to say, <laughs> you have, was it right? No, but at the same time, 
I mean, the NFL has got to take that into consideration. I mean, the Eagles fans are there. You know what the Eagles fans are like. You're putting They're rabid you're, maniacs. You're putting you're putting that situation out there in front of them. So yeah, you know, did he deserve it? No, but you know, it's I Dak just, Prescott. It's, Cow, he's a listen, cowboy. I'm not. I'm not saying you can't fool a cowboy. But the one scenario <laughs> you can't fool a cowboy is when he's getting the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. So <laughs> I'm gonna say, just yeah. fed right into that like Eagle Philly trash. Yeah, well, you know, and that was it. Hey, we beat <laughs> each other up, just like I said. We, we don't care who it is. You know, yeah. a couple other things, you know, a couple stats from the game I thought were interesting. I saw, you know, we talked about a couple before the game and a couple after the game. One billion wings were eaten during the Super Bowl and 50 million pounds of ribs. That's a lot of food. That's a lot of food. Well, lot of I food. think it was the third highest rated Super Bowl as far as viewership goes as well. It was. It was. Yeah. And a lot of people saw... A lot of players slipping on the $800,000 soil turf that they put down on the field. Yeah, who was in charge of that turf field, Dennis? Well, a lot of people on public radio are blaming the partnership with the PGA, but I will say that it was a partnership with the USGA oh, agronomy team gotcha. to grow the grass for the Super Bowl that started almost two years ago. So uh, don't be calling the section office blaming us. For bad sod at the Super Bowl. No, that's uh, that's a different organization there, Denny. <laughs> uh, but now, uh, as we kind of wrap up the football chatter, Eagles are uh, Eagles are out of it. Now we start with the baseball chatter, and I'm not going to go into anything today, but just want to remind everybody that pitchers and catchers have reported, and uh, spring, which means spring is almost here. Kind kind of how I always take uh, spring training. Is that uh, spring is upon us uh, shortly? We got the uh, the Masters coming up and March Madness and all those good things that we love to kick off the spring season. Yep. That's uh... and it's a good time to be a Philadelphia fan. We just had the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I think, if I remember correctly, not too many months ago, the Phillies were in the World Series. Sixers are making a run. It's yeah, a good I time think, to be a Phillies fan. Uh, I think they lost all of their championships this year, Danny. That's how I'm looking at that. <laughs> I think even the uh, MLS team made it to the finals, and they lost their championship. So it's just, uh, listen, you can get there. but That's right. You only remember winners, Danny. We only remember winners. <laughs> That's it. And you know who wasn't a winner? Rob Gronkowski. That, that kick was horrendous. awful. <laughs> that was horrendous. That was Actually, the commercial was awful. The whole commercial. I think he made the kick. Yeah. That's the argument that's on, going on right now. Yeah. Right. So... Whatever. So whatever. All right. All right. Well, we're uh, we're getting the hook over here from uh, <laughs> some people. Back to work. Back to work. <laughs> and uh, we will take. The, uh, we might be taking the week off next week unless somebody wants to co-host, guest host with me next week. So you know where to find me if you want a guest host. Give me a call, and we'll see if you're up to the test. Until then, see ya.